Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss the darkness outside of us, which is our second outside us. There is no of. You keep saying the darkness outside of no, us. No, I wrote the darkness outside us. But well, you, you just, just said, said of us. Oh, my keep brain just keeps that. putting that. I did write the darkness outside us. All right, cool, cool. I can show you the <laughs> word document that I was reading off of. I mean, I believe you. It's just you still said of. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose. Okay. Uh, this is our second LGBTQ pick of the month. This is Sarah's pick. It was written, is written by, was written by? Is I by Elliot Scherfer and was published in 2021 by HarperCollins. Elliot identifies as gay and was born to a British mother and American father. He has a Bachelor of Arts with the highest honors in literature and currently works as a writer and teacher. For the plot, Ambrose Husk has been sent into space to save his sister Minerva on Titan. However, he soon discovers that he was not sent alone as he expected, and he and his companion must fight against the requirements of their OS to survive. So, our first topic is main characters i'm gonna let sarah start on that sarah how do you feel about your main characters i thought it was plot i thought it was characters it is plot no it is plot kim is correct so sarah main characters and then we do sub characters yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) one of those categories is going to be very short since there aren't any side characters really (laughs) there's the os and rover yeah. The rover is controlled by OS, and OS is practically a main character in and of itself. Okay, anyway. Right, let's talk about the plot, plot, and then we'll talk about the characters. Sarah, get us started with plot. Like, give me a prompt or something. What do you think she of said, the plot? Get us started with plot. <laughs> I know. But, like, like, I don't know. What were your feelings on it? What'd you think? Do you like the plot? Do you hate the plot? Is the perfect plot? I like this plot. This is the reason why I like this book, is the plot and the story. All right, Kim, what did you think of the plot? (laughs) I I found it interesting. Um, If I say anything, you're going to say, well, that applies to that category. Um, no, why not? Because I found it very predictable. Um, oh, that's fair. So it, it, that made the plot not quite as strong for me because it was very predictable. Not bad, just predictable. And Did she uh, like the fact that it was in space? Yeah. I I always it I'm actually I'm deep in in sci-fi right now I'm I'm I I can't get myself away from it so I have to read the things you guys make me read so that the fact that this is uh this was was sci-fi that helped a lot because I just I fell into this book and now I've moved on to the next one um Crystal Singer she's reading Crystal Singer I'm reading Crystal Singer so yeah it creeps you out that we know this it does (laughs) Guys need to stay I, I didn't. I didn't know that. That was new information to me. You yeah. haven't been on Goodreads recently, then? Uh, I was just earlier, but you know, you get the whole feed, and yeah, it doesn't yeah. pop up, so I can stalk you appropriately, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. 
I so, watched to see what you guys are reading. Uh, when we talk about plot, I can't remember. Do we have like a separate one for setting or is plot mm -hmm. and setting kind of tied together? We don't have a separate one for setting. Concepts. Um, so plot really is kind of like premise. the premise, the setup, the, you know, the, the execution of the overall story kind of. Oh, um, okay. it's it's very general. Obviously, some of it kind of does overlap with the other categories like predictability and stuff. Um, but really, this is kind of like that general. What did you feel about the story? Okay, so well, then I would have more to say, knowing well, that say information. Say it. Well, apparently, my turn has already passed. So no, nope, say it. I'll just gaze at the wall. I concede no. my time to the what I can't remember what they say in the house, but anyone in, in the Senate. That's I can see Sarah, my time. I almost said your what? last name. <laughs> well, thank what? you for not doing that. <laughs> anyway, I can see my time. You talk. Go I don't on, understand Sarah. that reference. You um, don't, oh, when, when people are talking in the House and the Senate, and you can, they, oh. if somebody wants to let somebody else... I thought it. this was a reference to something that happened in the book. I was like, this is not no, ringing any no, bells. No, okay. no, no. Just life in general. <laughs> I don't pay attention to that if I can help it. Yeah. Um. Gosh, oh, you distracted me. My train of thought has left the station without me. Um, Plot, environment, setting. Yeah. So, oh, that's one of the things I did want to mention is that, uh, like Kim, even the first time I read it, it was very predictable. So it does suffer from that um which that is a different category come to think of it so perhaps i won't go any deeper into detail there but uh i don't know i just i really like the premise and just like the unspoken horror or like never explicitly stated but like mission control on earth setting up this mission knowing that they were creating these people just to die like within a few months if that of being awakened and just sending them off and then for the clones in that position i don't know the psychologicalness of it that's not a word but you know whatever that's the thing that really, of it psychology sure yeah that makes a lot more sense um <laughs> just like existential horror i enjoyed that in as much as one would enjoy something like that imagining yourself in that position so i really liked it that whole the whole premise of the story and um i wish it was written harder sci-fi yeah i wish it was not ya and i wish it was not like um advertised as a romance because the romance whatever didn't really care about it, didn't even really need it in there. It it did add like an element. Um, but really, I really wish this had been like adult hard sci-fi rather than YA, because And so then on the on the on the tales of, of what we just talked about in our previous little discussion, um the last episode me, for more yeah the to me the reality of them sending a gay couple under these circumstances out into the universe to to seed the human race elsewhere um 
I just maybe I'm I'm looking at it too hard. I just don't think they would do it. They being, you know, the the overarching like you said, mission control. Uh and granted there was there there was other reproductive solutions when you get to the Yeah, I mean like they don't want their people reproducing on the ship. They just want them to set up the stuff to produce yeah, the babies yeah. there so they don't really need yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they were 17, though, that was, like, obviously yeah. that was to hit the YA mark, but yeah. realistically speaking, that's, yeah. I mean, well, I guess. When one is the offspring of Alexander the Great, you're just born to conquer. <laughs> you really hated that. You, oh, you really hated that. I did. Book. I did. I did. I didn't so understand much. the point behind it. There, there should have been more to it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have that be a thing where you can get the genetic code of of human ancestors uh, that were, yeah, and then and it then was just can... the way to tell us that he was the best of the best. Yeah, I just got as like, it was there to show what they could do. They could reconstruct ancient DNA, and then also he's from a very rich, powerful family, which would do something as ridiculous as going for alexander the great's dna I, yeah it, I, it was a but it's not like he was ever trying to set him up as being like all powerful he obviously yeah. he is a confident in, individual to a certain degree but like it's not saying this amazing character is fixing all of the problems because he certainly died quite a few times um i was gonna say you talk oh, well, about we'll this confident but, character but, i thought he oh we're gonna talk about this character in a moment you guys haven't even let me talk about plot yet so <laughs> sorry sorry so in a way that it's gonna shock everyone this was my utmost favorite trope ever she said with her voice dripping with sarcasm i mean that sounded pretty much close to your normal voice yeah, I was going to say, that did not sound like sarcasm Oh, well, that did, I'm yeah, like, oh. I was sitting here with shocked look on my face. You, I, you okay. weren't looking at me. I I'm executed like... it too well then. Um, I, I hate, I hate stories where they die and, like, live out multiple lives or, or alternate All lives. All the clones died. Or, it was different or, characters each time. I still, it still fell into that category. And the first time it happened, any, any level of investment I had, just, yes, Sarah. Were you, did you read the book or did you have an audio book? I attempted to read and listen to it. And then when I got to that point, I just went with listening to it on 3.5 speed to get through it as quickly as possible. What about you, Kim? Did you have a physical or did you read it? I did. Or, sorry, physical or audio? I did both. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I didn't do it super I hated fast. the narrator's voice. It makes Lots me uncomfortable at times. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't hate the narrator. I didn't Or wait, I, do you I mean the actual person who read the book or just how they wrote it? Like their No, the narrator, the, the voice of so the, the audio book. Both. Oh, oh okay. okay. There were um, written elements that hearing them out loud made me cringe. And then on top of that, this narrator attempting to have a sexy computer voice. 
made me cringe. I I didn't get sexy computer voice vibes, but whatever. Attempting, I said attempting. When, I, when it I was supposed to be get a, the vibes at all. When it was supposed to be that Ambrose wanted a sexy computer voice. Oh, that scene oh, in the very just, beginning. It, yeah. At least it dropped in the beginning. Yeah, that was a little weird. Ugh, that was a little eh. weird. So anyways, but back to plot. We still have to get through other topics. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, as soon as part one ended, I just, I was not invested. I, I didn't want to learn about new clone variants. I didn't want to watch these clone variants suffer. I didn't care if they made it there or not. I didn't love the characters, which I'll get more into in when we discuss them. But like, I just, there was, there was nothing holding me into this. And I just got through it as quickly as I could. So I knew what was happening. It's not a hard thing. It was super predictable. Super predictable. I, I, well, let's put it this way. I knew the bodies were happening the moment Ambrose saw a body. But I was like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna give this a chance. Maybe we're not doing the multi-death thing. Maybe they're just like gonna figure out a way to, you know, not deal with the bodies or what have you. And then they died and I just went, no. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I did. But you did, but you did, but you did. I did. At 3.5 speed. <laughs> I was looking at the book as I was doing that. What? Like, I want to be a clear. a long book. There was no, no necessity no. to read it at that speed. At that speed. And and I upped my speed. But at that speed, you're getting... I can understand it. I was looking at it. Um, and, and honestly, it was the best way for me to make it through it. Okay. And I, 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 I had don't a agree very busy I, week. I, I think you should control, control your speeds. Um, I, th- um, I think you I should. I listened to my books that I love at three point speed. 3.5 okay. speed is not you that. You probably read them normal speed though, or just slightly faster the first time around though. No. Most books, when I'm listening to them as an audio book combination, and it's usually the first time I'm listening to them and reading them, I read at three speed. That's the best speed for my brain. That's when I get like Zen focused and like it's just pure book going on. 3.5 speed was me. I needed to get through this, but it was still pretty like focused. And 3.5 I... speed was the best way for me to focus on this book. I did book. it in one plane flight. It's It was not that long of a book. that I know, anyway, and I but... got through it. I got through yeah. it. I just, right. it was not... We'll stop arguing about your choices. They're your choices. You can do it however you want. I was um, going to say, you didn't argue with Sarah when she read Harrow in a day. <laughs> well, Sarah didn't that... read Harrow in a day. Sarah turned pages on Harrow in a day. <laughs> I maybe it. glanced at a word per page. I, I, I read at least a word on each page. Okay, okay. That's okay. what okay. I just said. Okay, okay. I do not believe Sarah read. So, Red. It still took me like twelve hours. Okay. Sarah. Okay, Sarah. What is your plot score? <laughs> what is your plot? Score? Um, I don't know. This kind of premise, I like it obviously because Life After Life is my favorite. I mm-hmm. until I will say though, because I didn't get to say this before, I did not draw that comparison to Life After Life, and thus would not have co- inflicted this book on you until we were doing Anathem, and you mentioned how pissed you were by Erasmus dying yeah. once even though he wasn't even really dying but like when you said that was like 
in my head, I was like, oh, shit. It just, <laughs> it really, like, I just, as soon as it happens, I detach from the story. Like, it's a physical response I have. Um, See, that's what happens with grimdark books for me. Like, when we have these, like, uh, Dark Ages, Dark Age by... Pierce Brown. Oh, okay. And yeah, he yeah. just starts killing off his characters willy-nilly. Then I detach. So that's where maybe you can see now why I don't like those books as much or at all. Um anyways, Not plot. You read those one. Plot. Thank God. Give it a number. Uh, I like this kind of plot a lot. So I'm going with uh, but it was predictable. But that's a different category. So I'll go with eight. <laughs> I enjoyed watching your face as you did that. I've I've been in uh, doing all of these recently on my my cell phone, and I don't get to see everybody, so I haven't been able to watch your faces as we've been doing this. And so now I'm very happy. Um, Him anyway. Sorry. Plot. Yes, my number. Plot. I'll get a six. Okay. I am concerned that my formulas are not updating. I give it a four. It's weirdly generous when you that was didn't like it generous. at all. You read it at three and a half speed, so you could just get through it. You did detach you because you don't like it when. The... So I give it a We're four. Judging your number. We're I know, I know you number. are. <laughs> Dare you give it such a high number despite what you said? <laughs> I gave it a four because I recognized that I detached from it, and it was probably a perfectly fine plot. It was predictable, so I just I couldn't give it a five. The predictability of the plot That's a different is category. A different, it's a different category. Down. However, I couldn't enjoy the plot because I knew what was coming, so I I couldn't fall into the plot, and then it further detached me. But okay. I can recognize where the structure of the plot was perfectly fine, so it gets a four, a little less than average. Main characters. Him. Oh, main characters. Kind of funny. Because Sarah had said that Ambrose was like a, a, a strong character and, and we're talking about him being the descendant of Alexander the Great. He was a whiny, jiggly I said he mess. was confident. Not that he was, <laughs> he was strong. It took... More than three quarters of this book for him to decide, okay, yeah, th this is the circumstances and I have to deal with them. Uh, up until that point, and I, I couldn't even tell you which number of clones uh, it was. Amber, are you dying? No, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm controlling. Your urge to, to vomit all over what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm letting you speak. He, he, he what we were told about him and how he behaved didn't match. And I, I, but I didn't like him. I did. I don't think necessarily I was meant to like him. What's the name of the other character? Because me, I'm tired. Kodiak. Kodiak. Stupid fucking name. Um, anyway, my brain just glitched on me. I apologize. I liked Kodiak. Um, I thought he was a bit more authentic as a character. And I think I thought his, if, if the premise is as a clone, you are embedded with who, who you were cloned from, which I don't necessarily 
like they that did the premise. neural yeah the the neural yeah, pathways to make them yeah. yeah i don't yeah yeah um now i can't remember what i was saying because i got off on the cloning thing but anyway i like kodiak um i thought he was a little bit more authentic to um who he was supposed to be throughout the story even when he was losing it and just decided to destroy everything um i thought that was a bit more he was a bit more true to what not only who we were told he was but how he behaved um i'm putting the os as the main character i think we have three main characters uh no let's i'm gonna i secondary character for that one just because we have to have something to talk about okay in secondary character so, so that's my evaluation of ambrose and Cody. okay thera uh so for me i just like the premise and plot of this book a lot more than the actual characters carrying it out um so i don't really have very strong feelings about ambrose or kodiak uh i mean mostly i just found their reactions like each set of clones like different reactions to the same circumstances to be interesting um and so like how they they handled it uh ambrose is kind of annoying I, I will admit that much. Um, and yeah, and I think I said he was confident, but more like vain, I think, or just like... Okay, I'll accept that. Vain, accept not so that. much like that he could do anything because he didn't really exhibit that kind of belief, behavior, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I feel like because when I read the book, it's like I'm putting myself into their situation. I feel like Ambrose's reactions were ones that were more likely what I would do to a certain extent, just like dissociate, not dissociate, but just like, I don't want to say detach, but separate or go into denial about what the truth is and just do what's immediately in front of you. Although- Except Cody he has to like, do that at the beginning of the book. Sorry. What do you mean? He spent like a third to two third two fifths of that first part not doing any of the tasks, just wallowing in existence. He didn't actually do Well, things. that's also tasks, relatable too. The tasks did not get done until Kodiak was doing them. Well, so it's he was not a like a damn thing because yeah. he needed to as far as a plot device, the the task thing I found interesting, because they had to solve a problem with yeah. that that yeah. enabled them to live as long as they could while furthering the overall goal, yeah. um, while controlling the OS so that it yeah. didn't just randomly destroy them so that yeah. they could move on. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Any more, Sarah? I, yeah. Um, but yeah, but <laughs> he, like, like... he was—he was the kind of character that was characterized or whatever, identified by Mission Control as being likely to just kind of shut up and do what he had to do for the overall mission. Um, Kodiak, I will say his uh, his existential freakout when he went crazy and like. <laughs> that I was just like you know 
that is also a strong possibility if I was in that situation. So both characters are actually kind of representing the different ways that are very likely. I don't even like to imagine it too much. Um, Kodiak though, honestly, I, I found him kind of boring as a character. I guess he's maybe a bit more genuine, but you also don't see inside of his head like you do with Ambrose. So I don't know. He was just kind of there. Um, but yeah, like I said, no strong feelings on either character. Didn't hate him, didn't love him. Especially, obviously, once they start dying, and there's no point in um, getting overly attached to any set of them. So, yeah, that's my feelings. What were your feelings, Amberly, on these two characters that you obviously love so much? So I, I did genuinely start this with like, we're gonna put an effort here. This isn't the genre we normally read. There are loves Achillean literature. We're just we're gonna. We're going to try. And then he wouldn't stop talking about how horny he was. It wasn't okay. that bad. It's like, okay. I would say, actually, in the grand scheme of things, the amount of uh, cisgendered men, and I'm I'm saying cisgendered, I, I, I'm... They think about sex a lot. A lot. Yes, and, and I was like, oh, fine, oh, fine, this is uncomfortable, but, like, fine. And then his donor father was Alexander the Great. And I went, oh, fuck. I'm not gonna like this character. It's not a major plot point. It's just a minor detail. It's just, like, I was like, of all of all the possible men in all of history, it had to be Alexander the Great. Now, you it was stated that couldn't... his mother chose other significant characters throughout history. He just happened to be that one. I'm not saying I like it. I thought it was a a, a pretty pointless plot point. And, and I had it thought just, about it. Annoyed it annoyed me. Sarah. And it worked. It, it enables me to accept it, Sarah, it's a way to prove the advancement of that society. So that, and this is supposed to be earth and the future, obviously. And so no, it, um, it's still, it, it still annoyed me. And then it just like, like, I just, I don't like Ambrose. I don't like being in his head. I just wanted to yell at him to shut up. Like, I just, I, I even, like, there were times where he would say something in the book, and I went, I, there was literally one point where I went, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I went, oh, I said that out loud. That was not an <laughs> internal thought. That was an external expression. So I just, I struggled. I struggled. I There wasn't a whole lot to find likable about him because he was whiny. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're supposed to be the son of what is considered one of the greatest conquerors of the western civilization and you're kind of a whiny bitch your boy obsessed although you're telling is how you used to like for lack of a better way get tail all the time from all the men in your school but you know one gorgeous well men women and everything in between yeah. Sorry, yeah. One gorgeous man across the spaceship and now suddenly you're a smitten kitten but this one, 
And I just like, I just, and a lot of the times he wasn't the one focusing on completing the tasks. Kodiak was getting the tasks done. So I don't know why Ambrose was included other than to maybe regulate Kodiak so Kodiak could get the tasks done. That's well, on Ambrose. his mother was in charge of the launch, so, and she wanted one of her descendants to be in charge of it, so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that is my, my feelings on Ambrose. I didn't, I didn't, he was caring towards Kodiak. I guess that's his best quality, is he was very caring towards Kodiak very quickly on, regularly. Kodiak was muscle. And I do not blame him for, like, just wanting to pulverize the ship every time he found out what the reality was. I was like, okay, that, dude, I don't blame you. Like, if you're not going to experience happy life, why should others? <laughs> Who cares about the, you know, civilization? We fucked ourselves over. You, you pulverize. Like, I just... Um... I, I did not find that there was any real, like, significant chemistry between the two of them. It just, like, it was not... I was so detached from this book, um, where I fluctuated between neutral to annoyed. So, that is, that is the extent of my, my rant there. Um, Kim, what would you rate the characters? I'll go five. They're they're there. Oh, okay. Oh, that's why. That's why. That's why my code isn't working. What about you, Sarah? I would also give them a five for being present. Um, nothing special, but nothing like overly objectionable at the same time. Okay. I give them a three. And that's only because you guys, I would have given them a four, but you guys gave them a five and you actually just like didn't object to them. So I feel like <laughs> I gave them a three. I forget, does our scale include zero or is one the lowest? We've not had a zero situation come up yet. So I don't know. I know, and I, I don't really like to go with extremes usually, but it's always good to just know for the future. Yeah, it's there. You can use it <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> Okay. Like if we had done this for Harrow. <laughs> zero. She, she yeah. did give zeros for Harrow for our other system. So you said I could. No secondary characters. So I thought the Moss was a pretty interesting character. No. There were little <laughs> things in this book that were just like, but why? But why? What? Why would you bring oh, an alien oh. plant onto your what? ship? That's me. I get to talk about that. Whoever in the history of sci-fi brings an alien thing onto your ship, it, it's always going to get loose. Always. Uh, that happened in Alien. <sighs> it happened in, in another really good uh, sci-fi thing. I can't remember what it was called. I mean, uh, to be fair. Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't it Life, I think was what it was called. Yes. I never watched I mean, it, but I remember I seeing trailers. That movie. But I mean, to be fair. They didn't know it was on the asteroid until they had harvested it. And then they did, like, seal it when they took a sample. It just apparently broke containment and then spread. 
when Which there was no inevitable, one around. So you don't bring the shit on the ship. It's that simple. It's alien you life, though. You don't know what's going to... And what's going to happen to that planet? Because now we have the alien life on that planet. What's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, it might help fix the, uh, the little oxygen issue. Yeah. Just but... hope it doesn't overshoot and... Uh... <laughs> Over oxygen. All this stuff about willy nilly. Anyway, sorry. It's their travel buddy, though. You know, they're all together now. Whatever. Any other secondary characters that you guys want to talk about besides? Oh uh, well, there was OS. <laughs> so apparently, okay. OS was a secondary character. Okay, so I liked OS. OS was the thing that I found most interesting. You liked it because it kept killing the people you didn't like. No. There is that point. No, I like, like the yeah, con- get them, get those little fuckers. <laughs> I, I no, like well, the manipulation. <laughs> no, let me speak. No, <laughs> I liked the idea of an artificial intelligence ma- manipulating humans towards attacks. I liked that, but after like halfway through part two, OS just gives up. Like, no, OS, OS stops being a character. The pers- the OS adapted to the personalities of but the, the character. But the author yes. just, like, gave the up on OS. stopped writing OS because it was too hard. Because the, every it, it would get to the point as it's going on that every time the reader would read it, if OS was coming on, it's a death point. Yeah. And so, yeah. It, there were... So the one thing that I might have... In this, into- in this book. I might have liked, like, the, you know, secondary character syndrome here. I They might have grabbed me with the secondary character syndrome, but they abandoned OS. So at the point okay, where but... I was struggling the most, OS was abandoned. And but so like, I what just... What would you have continued to do with OS? Like, I don't know. If they already know, if they figured out their mission because they worked around OS, it's like, is it still going to try to manipulate them? Because then it's just like, I don't but know. Who didn't I just love the murderous little robot. I that thing. I did like the rover, <laughs> but again, abandoned rover. Rover stopped being like a main thing. Yeah, well, they had to conquer the situation, otherwise. Well, I mean, they got into the clones and killed all the clones. Up until that point, Rover was still trying to stop them, and then yeah, once I they just... did that, it was like they can't kill these people anymore. I tried to say that there was one secondary character that I kind of liked, but. I'm sorry. Mine was the murderous robot. I, I liked that thing. Was- I did like when it was struggling to figure out why it couldn't go over the little wall. <laughs> I just like was picturing like a, a mouse in a maze like just like I could go this way yesterday. Like a Roomba That's- just yeah, hitting just- the wall. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then it's just their, their buddy after it lands because it's yeah. like oh. Yeah. yeah. Don't have to well, kill you know. him anymore. Yeah. Any anything else about secondary characters? Mm-mm. Sarah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I like, like murderous robots to a certain degree, so. We we are aware. <laughs> uh, Kim, what do you give the ratings for secondary characters? Um, I'll go with a six. Okay. Sarah? Um, can I do decimals? 
Yes. Okay. Do you not remember your 7.2 that you regretted giving me last time? I didn't think we actually recorded that one, though. We did. Oh, okay. And I did forget, yes. Um, Like 6.5. Okay. I give it a 5. That's a spirit. Neutral ground. Plausibility. Oh, this is where I get to, yeah, think about, because I, while I liked this kind of this, this plot idea of, of solving the problem of not being able to really transverse space in a time frame that is reasonable in order to expand into the universe, um, and I've been wanting to find the time to, to read some generational stories that I've read about. And they, 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 this writer took the generational idea and said, yeah, not plausible, throw it away. Now we're doing this. So, you know, they came up with a decent concept. Um, disposable people. Yeah, disposable people. There are so many fail points in this. It's, it, it, that, is where I was like, okay, this is this is irritating me because they killed several of the clones, but it was computer decided that X number of clones were needed in order to achieve the goal. And then we got to where there were so many tasks to be complete. I mean, it was what five six thousand tasks. Four thousand some odd 3, number tasks. Yeah. It's like if these tasks are what is necessary to keep the ship functioning, and that's why you had to have the clones, um, I don't know. There's just there there. It, it was a very faulty plan on on the part of the the mission control people. I like the way you call did, them mission control. Um, so you did, know it. Did either of you uh, read the acknowledgments notes at the end? Mm-mm. No. He actually consulted someone from NASA. Oh, I'm sure he did. Most writers will. That doesn't yeah. me- make it a plausible. No, no, I know. I mean, I know. I did not find it plausible. And then I saw that. And I was like, who is this individual? And what is their role at NASA? Because I'm a little concerned now. It could have been a secretary. And you could say that you consulted it. I know people that work at NASA. But anyway, um, that doesn't make them experts on because yeah, it, it, it really does. I call it international space travel. Um, <laughs> on space travel, anyway. Go ahead. There, there. Yeah, there were just so many aspects that I was like, "This is the fact that they managed to find a planet." And I would say there, if if there was anything that was in this book that I think they actually consulted with NASA, it's the type of engine, because yeah. that is. Also, a concept type of engine that would enable space travel is where the it's one thing that confused me thing. is wasn't the area where the bodies were higher radiation risks, but none of the clones had cancer until they started. Moving no, it around? was everything was shielded by the engines. It was tucked okay. into space so that it was the most protected. Okay. The the whole radiation thing was just like I'm like I don't I don't know how plausible not plausible this is and I'm not quite sure 
what is or is not like causing it to happen and the rate that it's happening and yeah and the type of engine because i thought the engine was like a radioactive like chem like compulsion i don't know i know they're just talking about space radiation yeah because we are protected from the sun by our atmosphere on which that i knew yeah so and and when our astronauts go up into space um the further away you are so like the international space station yes they're in danger zones for for uh radiation exposure but it's not as extreme as if you go like the mission to the moon that they're talking about doing here pretty soon supposedly that's that's a different level of exposure to radiation which i knew all that because like i've seen the study on the the twins and all that kind of stuff um i just like the construction of this ship's plausibility of protection versus not i'm like why would you if you can shield portions of the ship why would you not shield all portions of the ship uh it just like it it didn't it it just seemed like a, a a means to kill characters quicker. Like, how do I explain why this Kodiak died radiation? I think it was more of a re uh, a means of putting an a realistic issue into space travel because it is a realistic issue that we have not. Well, come why up would with. we not protect all ports that? people may potentially at any point go into well they're not supposed to be in that spot anyway yeah if they were it would be an emergency situation where they wouldn't be going up there too often it would add weight to the ship um including more shielding just like i don't know and they still weren't perfectly protected because the ones that lasted the longest at least kodiak still got cancer and died so it's like even just in the ship I know. I, I just. But you didn't like the book. Somehow, so. Alexander the Great DNA prevented Ambrose from ever developing any cancer whatsoever. Well, maybe he, he died, died of cancer. He just decided he didn't want to live without Kodiak. I, I was joking. I was joking. Any other plausible elements you guys want to discuss? No. Yeah. No, I mean, other than the fact, I mean, the most unrealistic part of it. Assuming Grant, you know, that they can reconstruct ancient DNA, like from Alexander the Great, and just kind of waving that aside, is the whole them being 17. Yeah. Um, That was my biggest issue there. The rest of it was like, I could see if they had a way to clone people and grow them up to like a certain age and imprint the knowledge they need. I could see that as being a thing. There are a lot of failure points in the story, but... Assuming that they just get really lucky with all of them. And there were there were a lot of clones, but they probably put a bunch in there for redundancy because they didn't know when certain problems would arise that would need a person. So they just packed it with as many as possible. Um, and obviously, they were really lucky to wake up in the ship, the last set of clones, considering the condition it was in. Uh, and at that point, if there were 15,000 tasks to do, it didn't matter because it just had to land in a reasonable amount of pieces to be, uh, you know, the big grow chamber and everything had to be intact. And that was pretty much it. So I don't know. So you're heading towards well, ending. So, well, that's our next category. Yeah. Okay. So we'll discuss that next. So are we're going to do numbers now, right? Yes. 
Okay. Sarah, plausibility. I would give it like a seven. Damn. I'll give it a, a five. I don't know. These numbers are so arbitrary. <laughs> Listen, it's just so that we can have a comparison know, between I liking know. books. I know. I know. But books that yes. we've liked have been really low. <laughs> I know, but it, it's a rank it means to create a ranking system. So yep. yeah. um I give it a 3.5 no explanation just a 3.5 ending kim go ahead and start ranting on the ending the only thing i really disliked about the ending was the whole uh baby pooping machine that just you know randomly every once in a while they're gonna plop out another one and that's gonna re uh populate the entire what planet. would have happened to these children had this ship made it but these two young men died rover would have raised them i don't even know that i think they had to activate everything right so if they had died then the ship would have probably crashed and it would have just sat there until it ran out of power and then okay okay yeah yeah i, I just i don't know i just i didn't like the ending it it felt you know how um, and I can't remember what this is called, but there's this thing when when science fiction is written where you you have the big bad enemy and then you finally conquer him, but the way you conquer him is you just destroy one thing. So so uh Independence Day did it. They went up, they blew up the ship, and that made all of the, the aliens down on the planet. That's because they were obviously a hive mind or something. Right, right. Marvel did it with with which whichever one where the aliens came down to the planet. They Avengers. You up and you, yeah. The, yeah so it felt like that we're doing all of this we have all of this story these two these two young men make their way well multiples of them make their way across the milky way and then all problems solved we have a machine that will just create babies for us oh and we destroyed the big bad os yeah because it, it crashed and well no blew up. os well died. no because OS became the and was helping. The OS, okay. I didn't. Yeah. Get, did OS die or did they just? No, they I mean at certain points they messed with switched. it. Yeah, but it was the original OS because OS Prime couldn't take over the ship, so yeah. he reverted it back to the original one. And then OS Prime or OS, once it reached the planet, its directive changed from getting the ship there to keeping the people alive. So it okay changed accordingly. Have you watched Raised by Wolves? It just occurred to me this is really like Raised by Wolves. I don't. I like Raised I by Wolves. I heard better. of it, but I, I haven't love it. Raised by Wolves. Um, this is a lot like that. And so Raised then you by have Wolves the, does it better. Oh, indisputably. Um, but to, to go to that point, the OS then became a part of the caretaking process. It its programming was to stop being what it was on the ship to become what it needed to be on the planet. The it just planet, felt like it became a, support a system. silent support system. So it just still yeah, felt like yeah. it was just like killed off in a sense. Well, it was so. in a sense. The programming yeah. changed what it was before to what it needed to be now. But anyway, what were we discussing? The ending. The, ending. the ending. Yeah. Okay. So that's my take on the ending. Sarah? Um, I don't know. I... 
like the ending, I suppose. Okay. Um, so it's satisfying for you? Yeah, I mean, at least one set of clones makes it to the planet successfully. They will presumably carry out their efforts to colonize this new planet. Um, still not a great existence, but it is an existence. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole this is our, or the, our child is born or something as the final line. I was always like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but obviously it's not like they could just, even if they had sent a man and a woman, they cannot repopulate a planet with, you know, one breeding pair so obviously there would have to be some sort of there's no need for it to be a breeding pair yeah yeah because yeah. uh kim mentioned this so you would have to send a certain number of populace and they eliminated that by basically sending genetic material um yeah. so i when you I say was, i mentioned this you and i discussed it just, yeah yeah with uh ann mccaffrey conversation. Yeah. yeah um and like you know, I can see getting to the end of that and you have these two. What if they're not good parents? How is this planet going to turn out? It's like, God, I don't want to take Rover care of them. Yeah, <laughs> I want to take care of this, these brats. I was trying to go like, I was trying to go somewhere with like, actually Sorry. trying to compliment the ending. <laughs> Sorry, compliment the ending. Go, go. I was going to say, for, I would assume, for a same-sex couple, it getting to the end of this book, it has to be believing and inspiring to know that you still could be the people who would be sent, you would still have children, and you would still be a parent. And that just because you're not a man and a woman does not eliminate you being the pairing that is sent to repopulate the world. Sarah has a hand up. Yes. You know how um, back in the day, which it might still be current, but I haven't really heard it that often. But back when people were arguing about gay marriage and stuff and saying it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, this planet won't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's there's my one compliment to the ending is is i am sure that is very satisfying and very much something that someone needs to read and hear i didn't love the ending but i didn't love the book um but i i can recognize the value that this ending has for someone else um it's really weird that the the moss thing and there was something about like euphoric drug highs or something due to nitrogen they were nitrogen kind of getting... and, and yeah and like which i thought was cool though because it's like whenever you have these people that land on a planet with breathable atmosphere it's like totally fucking breathable like not a single problem about the composition I've, I've seen other takes on it where it's not and like it causes like a psychological reaction from them yes kim go ahead called nitrogen nitrogen say the word mm -hmm. for me Nitrogen narcosis is actually something that you can suffer from as a diver. So when you go deep ocean and you actually get high as fuck. Yeah. And then you, then you die. 
I've, I've seen better executions of it. I have seen shows or books where where it becomes a psychological element of their struggle to survive on a new location because they're having a false reaction to the atmosphere. While as this, it was kind of like stated and then just he was wrapping up the story he was not about to go on to a whole tangent about now but he should have no i know but like it so it was just kind of like a weird throwaway that i was like i'm not sure how viable this ending really is in terms of them actually sustaining life on this planet which just sent me back down the existential they're just gonna die anyways and this isn't a success so i just well, yes, they're gonna die anyways everyone dies but i mean but... like they're not gonna succeed at populating this planet and making it terraformed to their needs well, they've been and a while so how many kids do they have to raise now now i'm gonna go off on Anne McCaffrey because Anne McCaffrey goes into this deeply when she when when it's dragon riders of pern um dragon's dawn they took 5,000 people and they were contractually obligated to have children with more than one other person. And so that's a theory of how many people you need to colonize a planet. So these two 17-year-olds... Maybe that's why they were so young is so that they could... Yeah, they'd last longer. 5,000 children? I don't well, know. It depends on how many kids they can produce per year, but at okay, a certain so point, the children, the oldest children, will then so assist. So then we're going, what is it, Lord of the Flies? We're going straight Lord of the Flies. <laughs> the kids are in charge, and this shit ain't going to end well at all. The human race is fucked. Yeah, it, it really, like, it made well, me, I no got to the end. But I know. I, I got to the ending, and, that, and that's really, I was like, I don't know how viable this ending is, because, like, I don't feel like it's set them up for success. Ending is it? But, I mean, I uh, hopeful in the sense of you know what I said if earlier. If he stepped like, off onto an Earth clone planet, everyone would be like, "Well, that's never going to happen." So it's like realistically tempering the odds. <laughs> I feel like at this point in the story, the realism is a little like out the airlock. Oh, damn. <laughs> I disagree, but you don't like this book anyway, so it could have just opened up onto a planet full of dragons and you would have been like, yeah, it seems about reasonable with everything else we've seen in this book thus far. They created the dragons. Anyway. Not the fire lizards. I, I, I love the fire lizards. If I could have a fire lizard, I would. Okay. If I could have so, a dragon, I would. I would actually take a fire lizard over a dragon, but that's just me. I would take a dragon over a fire lizard. Well, fire lizards would be easier to feed, so. Ending. What is your rating, Sarah? I'd give it an eight. Okay. Because we still have one, two, three, four, five more categories, and I want to eat. Kim. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. Amberly's I'd starving. I know. I gave it a two. Kim started two. I give it a five. Mechanics. The writer was a writer and could write. It was fine. There was nothing in there that irritated me as far as the writing. There was nothing that impressed or... me either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Young adult. Sarah? Um, yeah. 
I mean, the romance aspects were pretty weak, I think. Um, I did like how he developed. I mean, the mystery wasn't much of a mystery, I'll admit, but I liked seeing how he developed the clones, like, reactions to it each time. How he kind of skipped ahead each time, too, rather than starting with it. Like, like some elements were repeated, but life after life, she goes through many different things during time periods but there is a lot of repeating the same time periods (laughs) and setting to the same so it's kind of nice to kind of skip through a lot of that and just get to the meat of it so i appreciate that efficiency i Uh, did appreciate the fact that the ship didn't just like magically like whitewash and become back to neutral setting but instead we could see the effects of the previous i did appreciate that element (laughs) i did appreciate that here yeah i did appreciate that that was the one thing that i was like okay cool we're not just like the ship doesn't like wipe itself clean and start over with its issues i liked the um the black divider pages too because uh when i first picked up the book i was like oh i wonder what these are for and then when you get to the (laughs) first black page i was like oh no (laughs) i realized it was going to be someone dying every time um so that was fun um but yeah so i guess i like mechanics so what's your rating for mechanics sarah Like a six point five seven seven. Kim? I was thinking seven two. I give it a five. It didn't impress That's me. Spirit. Didn't didn't bother me. Predictability. I can just go we've already talked about it. It it was easy to predict. I can go straight to numbers if so you guys are predictable. I mean Obviously, you know something's wrong right at the start, and it's pretty clear what's happening. The only thing that was really unpredictable was how the clones themselves reacted, I suppose, but... I did not find that unpredictable. Well, I mean, like, you didn't know for sure what was going to happen each time. I thought psychologically the progression through their their reactions was... was... Which, in, in some writing, I would give the writer kudos for doing the research on the psychological reactions to these things. Um... So I guess I should have given them kudos for that. That would be the last number. But um, no, I felt it was very, very predictable. Yeah, as I say, as soon as there's another door. Oh, there's going to be another person. As soon as the transmission from Minerva. Well, I mean, anyone who looks at the frigging cover knows there's another person. Yes, I know. But like that his obsession with the other person was going to be predictable. Um. The mention of a bot that he thought he saw a body in the thing. Oh, there's clones in there. Like it, it like it like there was no element surprised me. There was no surprise in this whatsoever for me. I I've seen other science fictions that better executed the uncertainty elements. This I could anticipate. And it's probably because it's young adult and there's a certain level of predictability or trust that that level of reader hasn't been exposed yet. Um, but for me, it, it was, it was pretty predictable. So, Kim, I picked on Sarah the last couple of times. What's your rating, Kim? Two. Two. Sarah. I would give it a four. Okay. I give it a one. Ooh. You just have to be the worst. 
And no, I I knew predictability was going to be my lowest category. Knew it. Emotional reaction. I think my emotional reaction is pretty obvious. I'm not going to, like, nitpick at that anymore. But what about for you guys? Um, you really I enjoyed it, Sarah. I... We'll give Sarah a chance to talk nice about it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I had no reaction to it emotionally. So neither positive nor negative. I didn't, I didn't smile at anybody's comments, you know, the, the, yeah, it, yeah, that's what I'll say. Okay. Oh, so you're neutral. I like the book. Yeah. I'm neutral about it. I mean, I like the book. Um, emotional reaction. Most of the time was again, not so much for the characters, but just the situation. Okay. So, like, emotionally, I did connect with that imagined scenario. The exploration of that. Yes. Again, the existential horror. It was like, yeah, just conceptualizing what it would be like to be in that scenario. Um, I enjoyed that bit of a roller coaster. Um, And I, I don't know. I think I got a little emotional just at the ending when it's like this nightmare trip has finally nightmare for the clones not like reading the book but like this voyage murderous voyage has finally concluded and they reach the planet and everything and there's there's again nothing is guaranteed but there's hope that they might be able to turn the whole extinction thing around our cynic sarah is the one that's focusing on hope in this book like hard i enjoy books that have a more optimistic or hope hopeful (laughs) bent to them you know um and i feel like i if i remember correctly the first time i read them them this book i feel like i also felt a little bit emotional over like when they were listening to the radio transmissions from earth Mm -hmm. and it's just like that sense of isolation of being separated from your home planet by like thousands of light years and then like having to like listen to basically the destruction of humanity and the loss of the planet that was that was more of a melancholy feeling so yeah I I mean I definitely had some sort of emotional reaction even if I didn't really care too much about the characters themselves okay so what would you rate your emotional reaction um Like a seven? Okay. Yeah. Five. Mine's a 2.5. Oh, it's higher than the one I was expecting. Honestly, I can... Honestly, I talked myself up by the examination of what might be, you know, hopeful for the same-sex couples. Um, So that, like, talked it up. Not very far, but it talked it out. Readability. You can just rate this once. What was yeah, your okay. rating, kid? I was going to say readability. Okay, now I got to know. Is it just if it reads easy, it's a 10? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's what you've been doing so far is 10s. Okay, 10. Yeah, it's easy to read. Okay. Sarah. Yeah, I, I would say 10. I give it a 5. 
I read it. I can't say it was easy to read. I did have to opt for 3.5 to keep myself focused. So it was neutral at best for me. It's not a hard read. I didn't struggle to comprehend it. Um, I don't know. You gave it a five. <laughs> it's not due to comprehension. <laughs> no, that's not the name of the category. It's readability. Okay. Now, style. Sarah. Style. Yeah. And you can rate it or you can say, I, I, I don't know, whichever one. Usually by style, we don't have too much to say because it's kind of the overarching of everything. Yeah. I mean, I liked how they organized the book. I liked their prose, the simplicity of it. Nothing, again, too flowery. I don't like that. Um, but like their style for characterization and like the romance, eh, not so much. So like, I would say like, are we doing numbers already? You or... can, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would give it like, I mean, I guess a six because I liked it, but so better than average, but like nothing too amazing. Oh man, you liked this more than the Sunbearer Trials by 0. 0.3 points. I mean, I do like this book considerably more than the I Sunbearer know, but, Trials. And yet, and yet by your scoring system, it's only by a 0. 0.3 difference <laughs> kim with you where do you rank it for style so when I feel you like said we style, have an overall enjoyment like just score so when when you said style my first thought was i wish somebody who was an actual sci-fi writer and, and i don't mean that in a derogatory way but somebody who's got some experience with science fiction um had come up with this premise in this plot to uh write a truly science fiction book have you um, watched moon no oh um <laughs> that's all sarah's gonna give you have you watched yeah. moon no oh. well this book it gave me heavy moon vibes and um and yeah, too much lesser extent she... in 2000 one where she can watch it is it a movie is it a tv show you just I said fucking you... Know I saw it in college okay fair. okay i think it's I'll sam rockwell it. in it uh i don't know if it's on any streaming services okay um it takes place on the moon what that wasn't... Hey, really what <laughs> um okay anyway your style so, kid. because i got to the end of this and i even thought it as i was reading it i wish somebody else had written this story because i really like the idea but i just think it could have been so much better executed um i'm gonna give it a two okay so you're all over overall score for this was 50 <laughs> 50 exactly not right 50 about exactly right. out of 150 points oh sarah was pretty bad <laughs> sarah's was 68.5 <laughs> I feel like mine are always in the 60s. Uh, yes, you have not slipped from the 60s. There's 62.75, 68.2, and 68.5. Damn point two. <laughs> I think we should pick a book that we all really like. And not go through a whole episode and do a whole reading. Just a book and, and give it numbers. Just so we could give people an idea of when we actually 
like I think that would be book. really hard. I don't know that there's a book that all three of us could like. I mean, maybe we could go back and do Firekeeper's Daughter. Um, that one might be a good one. Um, but anyway, just well, that's just so we could have out of episode discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so for style, I give it a five. It 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 style wise was not like it didn't blow my mind, but like the style of it didn't like deter either. It it was neutral. Um, but things that bothered me weren't really, I would say, style. But they were the other categories. So yeah, which means I gave this a whole whopping thirty nine. <laughs> God damn. Um. Book failed. Oh man. And then oh, it didn't. Okay. Uh, if you're gonna say it didn't save, I was gonna be like, no, well, that's no, no, I, no. Like, I can't it make didn't... up those numbers again. We're gonna have to listen to it. <laughs> it didn't pull the data like I thought it was going to automatically. So I just have to do my new equations real quick, much quicker than it's been taking. And then mine, enter. Oh nope, I gotta put equal there. Equal there, that number. And then auto sum. Um, no, not those ones. Okay. This got an overall score of 157.5. So it is so our slightly score. over the points for just from one person, right? Because each person yeah. contributes 150. Yeah. So out of 100, 450 points total, it got 157.5. So, um, I will say, I will say when, if I were to have a teenage patron come up to me and they told me they wanted a Killian science fiction, like, space voyage, I would recommend this to them. It was yes. not my cup of tea, but I would recommend this. Um, at the end of the day, I, I can see where someone will find value in it. Where it, it offers value to teens. And individuals like Sarah. <laughs> no? Okay. I think I've lost you both. No, sorry. But I No, I agree. It's, it, it, it isn't so horrible as... as as to say it's an unreadable book it is a very readable book um and i do think that a less experienced reader um so young adult as it's intended to be for um wouldn't experience the same issues that i have with it or if even even cause I, even if they're experienced but if they're looking for a killian space this is what I would go to. I don't know that I would recommend this specifically for someone looking for a Killian because it's not, I don't know. I feel like the romance is a particularly weak point on it. A Killian space is so niche. This would be the first thing I would think of and be like, I know. I, mean, this, I guess this if you did elements. have someone asking for those very specific things, but. That combo, this would be the one that would first pop into my head and be like, this is going to satisfy what you're looking for. So. Also, I have no other recommendations, so. Because <laughs> it exists not elsewhere. But I wouldn't be like, oh god, don't read that one. I would say, yeah, this no. is what, this will give you what you want. Yeah. Um. So, 
Any other thoughts? Okay. No. Uh, on that note, our intro and outro music by Grant Newman is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.